Welcome to Body Signals, a Cygnos podcast. I'm your host, Bill Tanser, Chief Data Scientist here at Cygnos. This is Season 2, Episode 5, The Great Apple Experiment, a chat with Cygnos Chief Marketing Officer, Hannah Russin. Today's episode is the first part in a multi-part series where we bring you behind the scenes to discuss some of the glucose experiments we're running here at Cygnos. In our first installment, we'll talk about what I used to consider the most basic of fruits, the apple. We'll discuss how our glucose measures varied by apple and also by individual. We'll talk about some of the best practices for conducting your own experiments and how those experiments are a great way to build mindfulness around eating. Now on to today's show. Welcome back to Body Signals. We are so happy to have none other than Hannah Russin, our Chief Marketing Officer, back on Body Signals. Hannah, welcome. Thank you. I am uh, thrilled to be here as we dive into quite a juicy topic, if I do say so myself. Oh, it's a juicy one, all right, depending on the variety you pick. But I have a question I want to pose to you first, which is, what's your opinion of apples? Ooh, take it or leave it, Bill. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fruit. I'm not a big fruit person. My favorite is a Honeycrisp, though. I will, I will commit myself to the Honeycrisp for life. All right, we're going to talk about this great experiment we ran amongst the Cygnos team. But my question to you is: Before we ran that experiment, when was the last time you just ate an apple? Um. They're my they're my airplane snack. I don't know if that's a weird like confession, but they're um you can you can take the mask off, take a bite, put your mask back on, chew on it for a while. You know, it's like a good quick airplane snack that's that's COVID mask safe kind of. So are you bringing an apple onto the plane or are you yes. flying some airline I don't know of that serves <laughs> apple slices? Um, I'm definitely not buying that apple in the airplane. I mean, in the airport, I'll tell you that much. Those okay. are terrible apples. Like those are like the red delicious, which are just. Ugh. Wow. Are you, terrible. you have a lot of opinions about apples I'm discovering. So back to the airplane, are you cutting these apples in slices before boarding the plane or are you eating the apple whole? Eating the apple whole and I pre-wash it and I wrap them in a paper towel and stick it in a plastic bag so that when you're done, you can wash, you know, you can put the core back in the paper towel, back in the plastic bag so that you don't get sticky apple on your hands. I've got a system. Yeah, apparently you do. So Hannah, there's a reason I'm asking you so many questions about apples. And that is it's become our fascination at Cygnos, at least over the last three months. It was fall. We had this brilliant idea. Actually, I think it was Jody Geigel, who is our head of customer experience and also our staff nutritionist. During the podcast, she just came up with this idea, we should be testing apples. And you are one of our stars, as as well as your sister, (laughs) actually, in terms of testing apples for us. And this was an incredibly eye-opening experience. So how did you feel about the experiment as a whole, being somewhat of a non-apple enthusiast? Um, I mean, I do like anything sweet. Um, and, uh, I like 
I like selecting apples at a grocery store. I actually just love grocery shopping, but I, um, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to check out new apple types and, um, you know, usually you get stuck in a, in a rut, that that good old apple selection from whatever your grocery store is, you're like, I'm going to get a bag of those. So being pushed outside my apple comfort zone, uh, is always a little bit fun. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would agree with that. I would call myself, prior to this experiment, somewhat, somewhat of a mindless apple eater. What? I go to the store, just grab any old apple. I mean, sometimes no, I would, really? yeah, I would veer away from, from some. Like Red Delicious, I typically wouldn't get. Yeah. Or like um, Granny Smith. Nobody's like just picking up a Granny Smith and being like, yeah, this is this tartness. Oh, yeah. No, actually, yes. What? I love the tartness. I would never ever pick up a yellow apple. That just seemed What wait, hold on. What is a yellow apple? So there are apples like the opal, the ambrosia that are okay. yellow in color. To me they look like they should be pears. They shouldn't yeah. <laughs> They're just masquerading as apples. Yes. Okay. No, I'll tell you a story. I started on Cygnos back in April twenty twenty. I ate an apple, I think, I can't remember what apple I ate. It must have been a Fuji because I think that was one of my just kind of, I saw default apples. Yeah, it looked appealing. It sounded exotic. I went with for the Fuji. All right. And I spiked. And then since I spiked, I just stopped eating them altogether until this experiment started. Got it. Yeah. No, I mean, I I really, um, as I say, for a fruit take it or leave it person, to me, it's not a big ask to just axe fruit as like this source of sugar that maybe I don't really need unless I have a cold and then maybe I'll drink some orange juice, but maybe not. Um, and uh, I mean, I grew up, just so you know, I grew up in, in the midst of literally cornfields and apple orchards. And I used to pick apples off of off of trees and then go pay farmers like it was... It's pretty, uh, pretty special, actually. Now that I think I'm it. surprised you're not more of an apple advocate I than know. you are today. It's just not as fun when you don't like wrestle them off a tree. Um. Well, well, here's a fact to which you may not know. Did you know there's twenty thousand different apple varieties? No, I, that doesn't. I guess that doesn't really surprise me because the world has so many different types of apple, and it's grown in so many countries across the world. I mean, I'm just surprised that we get so many here in our grocery stores that we have access. Like, that is mind-blowing. That is. I am I guess my mind is blown that you're not mind-blown by that Because <laughs> I was when I saw 20,000 different varieties. I can only – I think before this experiment started, I could name maybe four or five total. Lightweight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell you, though, when I, I walked through the stores and actually looked at them, I, I thought, yeah, just in one store, I thought, oh, my God, there actually is like 14 or 15 different types here. Okay, well, your grocery store must be special. Um, but No, uh, no, this is just a standard L.A. grocery store. This is not the high-end store. This is not a Whole Foods. This is just a yeah. Ralph's. Okay. I mean, it's just like your run-of-the-mill store. Casual grocery shopping adventure. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. What did we What did we discover? Well, before we get to what we discovered, let's talk about the experiment itself. Okay. Tell me what we did. Okay. So here's the idea: is there's all these different apples out there. We had an hypothesis, which is there are so many different varieties. There probably is a, a variance in the glycemic response or what your blood sugar does when you eat an apple. And it probably is different by variety. 
I mean, I just, um, to be clear, uh, listeners, I, uh, I just blindly eat what Bill tells me to eat. And, uh, and then I assume he's going to tell me, you know, or Cygnus is going to tell me what happened and, uh, which one of those I should stick with. And I'm good. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Just super simple. I, I like that you said that, but I actually want you to play with food and, <laughs> That is, uh, we're going to get to that. Okay. All right. But yeah, it's, it's having the curiosity of, I don't just want somebody to tell me what to eat. I want to actually go in and test myself. And yeah. that's why we love experiments at Cygnos. So the, the idea is, okay, let's test this out. And let's get as many team members as we can participating. And we gave them lists of, of apples to try. I think we narrowed down on six that we focused in on, which were the Gala, the Ambrosia, the Envy, Pink Lady, Granny Smith, and Opal. We got a nice mixture there of red apples, yellow apples, green apples, and some modern apples like the Gala and Envy. So pretty cool set. And then we asked everyone just to uh, look at their, glu- their glycemic response or what their glucose did after they ate an apple. Okay, so what recorded. you're saying is, we're looking, you know, we're using our, our, our Cygno system, which includes a, a continuous glucose monitor. And we're basically watching our glucose potentially go up after we eat an apple, which has a good amount of um, sugar in it, potentially some more or less, you know, depending on this, how much we eat of the apple, uh, which variety it is, how ripe it is. You know, a lot of factors would go into how much sugar there, but we're just sitting there watching our, our, watching our graphs um, and uh, and then recording that data. That's that's kind of the what we're doing here in a nutshell. Yes, but let me make it more specific for the listeners of how we conduct experiments. Because I think one of the things you have to keep in mind when you're experimenting with, with food and doing so on Cygnos is you want to try and control as many variables mm. as you possibly can. So first thing is, is you try and find a time during the day where you're going to minimize any confounding factors. So if I were to eat an apple later in the day, I might have exercised that morning. I might have just had a heavy meal. There's all sorts of things. I might be stressed because I just had a meeting. If you do this experiment first thing in the morning before you have anything to eat, maybe other than a cup of black coffee, because I need my coffee first thing before I do anything. But if you do it then... You probably are somewhat fasted if you didn't eat in the middle of the night. So you've got that taken care of. You haven't exercised yet because we're doing this first thing in the morning. So finding the right time of the day, I think, is really important to conduct an experiment. And just as important is to, as you go through things that you're testing, like apples, is to use the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And as best you can, the exact same conditions as you had for the previous day when you tested a food. And I assume the exact same amount of the food. Absolutely. You're on, you're good. 160 grams is what we decided for this specific experiment. I don't know why I came up with that. I, I actually saw in the glycemic index they're using 180 grams for they only tested three apples for the entire glycemic index. I don't know why they, one of them I haven't been able to find at all the Brayburn apple, which I know exists. I just oh, haven't yeah. been able to find it. Um, yeah. But yeah, we chose 160 grams. So you want to use the exact same amount of food because if you eat a lot of something sugary versus half of that, of course, you're going to have a different Bigger response. 
that was. Yep. Now, um, one of the things you also should note is that if you do the experiment, let's say you had a really poor night's sleep last night and you did the Apple experiment first thing in the morning, you're going to want to note that because, as we've talked about before, things like bad sleep, stress. Um, if you did a like a monster workout, you went on a marathon run the day before, you want to note those things because they're going to affect the way your body processes a specific food. Got it. Got it. Yep. Okay. This all, this all checks out. Um, Bill, I, uh, I have an Apple fact for you and I, I feel as though now is the right time to drop this knowledge, which is that apples are 25% air. What? I mean, it doesn't make sense because they're quite a heavy, heavy fruit situation, you know, like I could hit somebody, like I could throw an apple and hit somebody in the head and I wouldn't be like, did you just feel like that was 25% air? I mean, let's, I'm not advocating for any sort of apple violent situation or like a run by fruit hit, like Mrs. Doubtfire. But I'm just saying, I would not, it would not have occurred to me that an apple is 25% air. That is fascinating and, and maybe somewhat useless in terms of this conversation <laughs> just holistically okay. well, i don't know what on. to do with that uh, we at cygnus we, at cygnus we don't tend to measure air but fascinating nonetheless i, I would love i would love to know where the air is i guess it's between the little big, granules of the apple part or you know, is sometimes it, when I slice an apple open in the core, I, there, maybe there's some there's air, air there. Between, that's true. Between yeah. the seeds, that's not twenty five percent. Well, yeah. Yeah. when they say twenty five percent is of the, it can't be of the weight because air doesn't weigh very much. So it must be of the volume of the apple, right? Well, I don't want to poke at this too much. It'll probably fall apart <laughs> under closer examination. Let's just let's keep rolling. <laughs> um, okay, but listeners, let us know. <laughs> If you'd like us to do an apple and air, sure. I'm sure we can devise an experiment, like some sort of sciencey situation. We can make this happen, but we will we will track yeah. down that factoid. We'll get them as a guest, thank whoever you. it was that came up with that stat and talk about it. But thank you for that. So back to the experiment, uh, we had a number of staff members out testing apples, and I think probably the most fascinating finding uh, of all in doing this experiment is nobody had the same response to the apples. Yeah. The the variation in response. I'll give you an example. I, I ate a gala apple. To me, this tasted really sweet. My glucose only went up 17 points, 17 milligrams per deciliter. Uh, we had our product guy have an apple, and he went up 43 points. Um. Well, it must be something with product because our head of product went up 45 points. Your sister only went up 17 points. You can see uh, how wide the response was to this one specific variety. I, I do. Uh, my sister also sent Apple commentary um, and uh, she rated Pink Lady noticeably as sweet as Envy but definitely sweeter than yesterday's gala. I think she might've got a less ripe gala is my, is my take on this because we can't control for ripeness. And when we select them at the grocery store and apples don't really have a ripe feel, you know, they're all quite firm. So that's one thing that I would say in this experiment, we can't really control for is our ripeness selection. Um, but, uh, but yeah, galas are, I would definitely say on the sweeter side of apples to me. 
You you too, right? You would say they're like, oh, no. I would. I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned that because I didn't even consider that. If you look at how long an apple's been on the shelf, there are some chemical reactions that are going to happen as that apple becomes older fruit. And probably there's going to be a conversion in the sugars that might change the glycemic response. So, yeah, I mean, it's. I think when we do the next round, we should actually go to a tree and pick them right off the tree at the exact same Maybe the same tree actually um, would be best. A, a farming thing you you may not also know is the apples you're buying could be up to a year old. They're uh, they're stored using some relatively sophisticated technology called controlled atmosphere storage, which allows them allows people to control the temperature or and, for short, right? Yeah, and yeah. so you know you you actually may have no idea how long that apple has been waiting to get to your door but the the freshness and ripeness uh is, is now consistent i mean science is amazing but uh i do think there's something to be said for that sweetness about when it's removed from the tree and how much light it's placed in and whether it's been in a brown paper bag and i mean all sorts of weird things can help with uh ripeness we digress we do. Okay, backwards. The important, point, the important point is that there's just a wide variation in response to these different apple varieties. And yeah, you know, a lot of it could be the apple itself. And that's why another thing you should do when you're experimenting with food is repeat. If you find a finding that is, um, that's really surprising to you, Go and repeat that experiment again because it, maybe that particular fruit was sitting on the shelf longer or maybe there's something else happening with your body that caused that surprising result. So that's another great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if something seems out of line, maybe it is out of line. Um, keep trying. Um, okay, so so tell me what was the you know variability for for Apple as a whole? Like, did some people not react at all? Did everybody react at least a little bit to eating an apple? Like, t give me some, lay some numbers on me. Well, that's the other fascinating factor. So not only did we look at the variety across the staff, then we looked at all apples by staff member, all average, to see do we have some some sensitive, glucose-sensitive apple I'm sure tasters in our group? Oh, yeah. We do. And some that are not so. So... Um, I'm going to brag a little bit here. My response across all apples was a, um, an increase in 20.7 milligrams per deciliter. That's an average of my response to all apples tested. And let's see. Let's look up Hannah. Hannah, you had, let's see, across all apples, 30.9 Plus yeah. thirty point nine. So you actually had a uh, over over ten points more. I mean, I'm living up to my team nickname of Spiketastic. Let's be real. <laughs> we, I expected nothing less. Like this is why I was like, no fruit, no fruit for me. But I did, I did have some variations in in different apple types, and so there are ones that maybe I could incorporate if I so chose. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's, that's where we're going with this is that it's the new year, right? And we're still talking, I, some people are still talking about weight loss and diets, and you can pick up a book that might tell you, you shouldn't eat apples, you should eat raspberries, you shouldn't do this, you should do that. At Cygnos, we have this amazing ability to test 
all these different foods and find the ones that work for us. And this is a great example of how you can use the technology to go out and try different things and find something that works for you. I, back in April 2020, made this kind of rash decision of I, apples aren't for me because I spiked when I had this Fuji apple. But now that I go back and I look at this data and I think about all the apples I tried, there are so many different varieties I found that, all, that I didn't spike on at all. Ones that didn't make the top six, like Arkansas Black, my favorite apple that I Ooh, tasted. That's a great one. Yeah, it's an heirloom apple, and I found it at the farmer's market. And it was so cool about it is the skin is almost black. And the um, if you get them fresh, they they really are quite sweet and quite crisp. Mm. You mentioned that year storage. Arkansas, I was reading about Arkansas blacks, and these were used back in the 1800s because they could just be stored in a cold, cool place for up to a year before people ate them, before before technology, right? Before technology even helped us. Yeah. Um, and that that's, you know, I guess one thing I did notice that was true for me with a couple of exceptions was there's some apples out today that have been bred to be super sweet. Mm-hmm. I think about apples like the Cosmic Crisp probably the one I got the biggest reaction from. Uh, and it tasted really sweet that, you know, that I might've been able to figure out, but then you know, there are other differences that I found surprising. Like some of the apples that were very, um, um, what's the right word? They're tangy, the green apples, bitter, acidic, bitter, acidic. Yeah. I thought those would be very low, but some of them like granny Smith were actually high for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can't always go on taste. Mm-hmm. You looking to the graph, looking to the numbers is, is something that, that really can help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, I think we've, we've certainly come a long way in our understanding of just Apple, Apple as a whole. Um, I, I still think, you know, Honeycrisp, despite spiking me almost 30 points, which is a significant spike to experience in your day. Like that's not, that's not nothing. That's something I, I probably want to go take a walk after. Um, and so, you know, if I'm going to eat an apple, I'm going to plan to either maybe eat only half an apple or maybe um, take a walk after eating that apple. But I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way to, as you say, play with your food and kind of come up with a strategy to eat that fruit. If that's what you love, like you, you can find a way to do it. Absolutely. And just one closing point. The other thing that I found was fascinating about doing this experiment is the conversation that started to happen amongst the staff about the apples they're eating. People are chiming in like, oh, this one was really sweet. I love this one. This one was kind of yeah. kind of grainy. I didn't like it that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, uh, yeah, I think you, um, you added some of the great color commentary yes, to our, yes. our apple this experiment. This one, not good. Did not enjoy. Why that to me was so uh, enlightening and, and it, it felt really good was that it, it was clear that everyone was getting mindful about mm-hmm. apples. Even myself, I had just considered an apple an apple. It's probably the, to me, one of the most basic fruits. Do you mm-hmm. like apples? Yeah, they're okay. Now suddenly I'm into them. I'm into trying them. I'm into going and experimenting. And I think any time that we can become mindful about the food that we're eating, we're giving ourselves an advantage when it comes to finding ways to eat that are healthier, that are better for our body. Or or just looking for a little bit of accountability, you know? I'm going to go eat a bunch of apples. I just want to know what happens and, uh, and then make some choices accordingly. 
Do I really want apples or should I be eating a different fruit altogether to be explored in the future? Yes. Yes. There are many ways that we can slice this apple. So Hannah, thank you again for being on our podcast. I think that we're going to make this a recurring segment. We're going to test different things and have you back. Next up, I believe, is chocolate. And I, for one, am pumped. That was your idea. And yes, it is. <laughs> yes, I may. It may have also been my idea. But come on, who doesn't want to test chocolate? That's like the best experiment. So stay tuned. Uh, and a spoiler alert. Um, the, the responses to everyone's chocolate experiment are not what you'd expect. Oh, dramatic music ensue. <laughs> All right. Well, until All right. Time, Bill. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Body Signals. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and review us. We appreciate the feedback. We're also offering a 10% discount on Signos to our listeners. Just go to Signos.com, pick your plan, and get your CGM in the mail to start connecting with your body in a whole new way. For a limited time, go to Signos.com forward slash podcast. That's Signos, S-I-G-N-O-S, and get 10% off by using the code PODCAST today. Or listen to our podcast, Body Signals, to learn more. That's Signos.com, and use code PODCAST to get 10% off your order today.